Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. Robots Radio presents... to the cyberpunk lorecast where style is just as important as substance welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore news and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds i'm your host robots you guys know what that saxophone solo means it means it's time for the cyberpunk lorecast again I am your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am back with my co-host, Logan, Captain Logan of the Pirate Ships and the uh, every video game. We keep talking video games during the pre-show. If you are not tuning into our pre-show at twitch.tv slash robots radio, then you are missing out on some of the conversations like talking about World of Warcraft, which I'm sure a bunch of cyberpunk people are super excited about. But anyway, welcome to the show, Logan. How's it going? <laughs> so good. Uh, we had a good conversation. I, I could have kept talking about that forever. I'm doing great. We got some good news and some some fun stuff to check out today in cyberpunk. So I'm, I'm hyped. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yes. Yes. And as a reminder, we record Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash robots radio. So come join us live if you want to get these episodes before they actually drop either on YouTube or on the podcatchers, which you guys are listening to this on. Um, but t- today, yes, you're right. We're going to start with some news. We have a few different uh, news articles that came out that have uh, some importance to the Cyberpunk 2077 community and some that have been hotly debated. And then we are going to dig into, in the second half of the episode, our lore section, where we will be discussing the layout of Night City and the gangs and how each of the gangs will associate with different sections of the city. And Logan's been doing a lot of digging into this through, uh, through the, the book. What's, uh, what's the book called? The, um, the art book. book. We'll, yeah. we'll call that. Cyberpunk yeah. art book. It's, it's a book you can get. If you look in the show notes, actually, this is a, a quick little plug. If you look in the show notes, there's a link to it on Amazon. You can get the digital version. The, the printed version is out of stock, but you can still get the digital version like we have and uh, take a look at it. And if you use my link in there, that's actually an affiliate link and it won't cost you anything more. And we'll get a little bit of a kickback for you picking up the book. It's like 20 bucks and it's huge and awesome and has tons of lore in it. So go check that out. So Logan, let's jump, let's just jump right into the news for today. Um, the first news article, Cyberpunk 2077 will get another Night City Wire in a week. In just Woo-hoo! the next week. What I what can't. are you going to do about this? Is your body ready? I, oh, it's so ready. Just bring all the Cyberpunk goodness onto me right now. It's going to be amazing. And I'm looking <laughs> forward to what they're going to be talking about too, so I'm excited. It's it's what I've been waiting for. I knew we had to get something because they talked about having like multiple throughout, like after the second one, they're like, yeah, we got a couple more. And I'm like, a couple, a couple, 
okay, when? When are we, It's coming out in November. When are you going to do this? There's got to be one in September because we didn't get one in August. So there's this one, and then I'm thinking another one in October, and then hopefully maybe one right at the beginning of November, please. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll have yeah. to see about that. But this one is coming on Friday, September 18th at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, I believe, CEST. And so put that on your calendar. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. Um, all of them have been really, really well done. So I don't have any reasons to expect that this won't be just as awesome. This one will focus on, get this, gangs in Night City itself, which we are talking about today. Guess what inspired today's episode? Hmm. So <laughs> not a whole lot else to say about that other than just make sure you tune in because they're so good. And if you miss it live, you can always go get, go back to the YouTubes and check out the video later. Uh, they're, they're worth combing over with a fine tooth, tooth comb because not only do they have details about the stuff that's coming out and the things that they're actually about, but there's stuff in the backgrounds of those gameplay clips and things. There's all sorts of fun things to find. So definitely go check that out. It's true. Who knows? They could be hiding an Xbox Series S in the background. <laughs> we might not notice it. <laughs> Who was that? Like months was, later. Uh, uh, oh, that was, was Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Phil yeah. Spencer. Yeah, was, back in really what, July, he had, an, he had an Xbox uh, Series S, right? In the yeah, background. Just of... stu stuffed in his, in his library. Yeah, back in his shelves. He just <laughs> had one noticed. chilling and no one knew. Nobody knew. I can't believe it. Oh, that. that's great. I can't believe I it. Should, I should hide things in my room. I don't have enough things in my background, though, to hide stuff. Um, <laughs> awesome. So in other news, uh, we have kind of a, a little hint at the size of the game due to a news article about the Chinese localization of the game. And for those of you who don't understand what localization means, for the most part, that means taking a game and making it work in a different locale, usually through things like re-recording dialogue voice lines, those kinds of things, and sometimes other tweaks that allow the game to work in a different culture because uh, cultural meaning gets lost sometimes. So according to this article, the Mandarin Chinese voice actors are putting a lot of work into bringing Cyberpunk 2077 to China. The statistics were tweeted by video game analyst Daniel Ahmad, along with a photo of some of the cast in the recording studio. The Chinese local lo localization alone required, get this, more than 150 voice actors, 100,000 lines, four recording studios, and 10,000 personal hours, or person hours, uh, according to Ahmed. So this is huge, 150 different voice actors. This will not be like playing Oblivion, where the guy who does like the orc voice is the same voice for all the orcs, you know? Like this will be individual people that you'll be talking to in lots of different situations, and I... I am absolutely hyped for this. I think this is going to lead to the game feeling way more lived in and real. What do you think? Logan? This is this was kind of cool. So the thing that that I don't I don't think was talked about um, when you were bringing it up was the fact that according to uh, the tweet thread that that Ahmed put out was that this is about 15 to 20 percent more voice work than all of Witcher 3 plus the DLC. So I did a little digging and I wanted to look up and see like how long the gameplay was for uh, Witcher 3 and the DLCs. And the main main storyline is about 50 hours. There's a 10 and a 20 hour DLC after that. So you're looking at about roughly 
80 hours worth of story if you kind of mainline it and do some side questing not everything you know 100 percent would probably be over 200 hours but if this is a 15 to 20 percent increase over what witcher 3 had i'm just going to roughly you know say that there's about an extra 10 percent worth of uh content in there so roughly about 90 to 300 hours would be a good a good guess for how long cyberpunk's going to be uh, as far yes. as like the mainline story and complete in full completion. So I'm excited because even even if it says more than 150 voice actors, you got to say like some of those guys have got to be doing like other characters. You know, you're not just going to hire one actor for one voice unless it's like a main character story. I'm sure those main character NPCs are, are going to be like having little voices throughout. So you're going to have I'm hoping that that there's just a, a general ambient noise of just human conversation happening frequently like in city you know you're just constantly hearing little clips of audio as you run by someone just little little lines here and there of like discussions that are being had as you're kind of moving throughout the city and it, it feels more natural it's the one thing that I, I have a big problem with games that boast about open worlds and big cities and stuff it doesn't feel like there's a world going on around me it feels like there's a lot of bodies in my way uh, so I'm hoping that this is this is kind of indicative of just how visceral the 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 atmosphere around like all of the different people in this world are gonna is is gonna present to us in an audible form. Yeah, I think that's a really solid point. Um, it's kind of like it makes me think of uh, the most recent Grand Theft Auto games or. Um, mm. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, they've always done that well. Where if you're if you just take the time to just walk down a street, you will feel, hear you will hear the most ridiculous conversations from the people around you just talking about like the weirdest stuff. And I, I recommend in the real world to do this too. Is just try it next time you're out. Just listen to what other people are talking about as you walk around. People have the dumbest conversations. <laughs> like we 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 went by. There was a couple the other day that was just talking about like some news article about the size of the universe or something and it was as if they were like 10 year olds in their science class going yeah and because of the how fast or slow actually the speed of light is we would never be able to see things on the other side of the galaxy and it's like you guys are like in your 50s and you're just learning this stuff this is hilarious um <laughs> how quaint you know but like I, I, let me so put my funny. nerd glasses back on <laughs> how, how quaint <laughs> um but yeah like <laughs> i want that in the game i want to hear just like dumb conversations from people like talking about whatever uh but yeah and, and you the way you stated just kind of a general ambient noise this idea of like multiple conversations going on at the same time that you can kind of all hear from different directions that are just the people around you it's not a silent place it's not just the character in front of you it's just kind of the hum of the crowd but if you actually listen in you'll be able to understand what each person is saying i think yeah, that sounds really cool. i'm really interested to see how the the next generation of consoles is going to address this kind of like you know ps5 is touting the uh, the 3d audio like where you're going to have different points of where conversations are coming and they're going to be able to simulate it coming in in around you just with two two headphones and stuff so i'm i'm really interested to see just how this kind of feels when you're actually in the game like are you going to be able to hear full conversations behind you while you're playing and if you turn you can actually present yourself in front of them and start catching you know kind of zero in on that conversation it's it'll be yeah. really cool to kind of find out like how this is implemented in the, in the actual game and the 
one one small note about this is too is a, a lot of people I saw were kind of worried that the game wasn't far enough along because it's like this information is just now coming out. We're we're like two months away. The Chinese localization team is preparing for when the game is approved for China because they have such strict regulations on the game that mm -hmm. it has to go through an additional set of uh, approval before um, it gets released there. So, yeah, as far as what we're going to be seeing, as far as the, um, you know, more general uh, languages in, in countries that generally don't have to have that kind of approval process, that voice work has probably already been done and is probably already in the game. So we'll probably get this no problem. China's going to have to wait a little bit longer or play it through Steam if they want to be able to uh, to play it on launch. Yeah, good good thing to note there. All right, let's move on to the next one. So in other news, we both know that Cyberpunk 2077 is entering certification. It is less than 90 days away, which looks like, as we've speculated before, it looks like the launch date won't be pushed back, most likely. And, and this is the big news here, they have decided, CD Projekt Red has decided to not increase the price of the game for next generation systems. And this is big news because the news previous to this was that both Xbox and Sony were on board with a $10 price increase for new games for the new console generation. And this has happened before games went from $59 or $49 to $59 in what was it? The last generation cycle. And yeah. the idea was, okay, new generation of things out, let's push the price up again. And some people push back on this saying, well, 10 more dollars for a game. That's, that's too much. The flip side of that argument is that games were at $49 for decades. In the 80s, you would buy a brand new video game for $49 or more dollars per game, depending on the system you were buying, uh, that kind of, the details around that. And if you think about what you got in a game in the 80s, compared to the potentially 300 hours of a game like this today, you can see where that price doesn't really match up anymore. So there is some argument for that being justified. But CD Projekt Red, being the good guys that we've liked to think that they are, as we often talk about, have decided to keep the cost of this game at current generation prices. So, again, they're polishing up that white cowboy hat. They're the, uh, the good guys in the room doing, doing the consumer favorable thing, probably because they believe that they're going to sell a butt ton. A butt ton is an actual amount of measurement, by the way. Butt ton. I have it's, seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen butt tons in, in the world that is accurate. Yep. Yep. So uh, thoughts on this one, Logan? I think it's really cool that they're doing this. You know, EA and Activision are two publishers that generally try to capitalize as, po as much as they possibly can on consumer dollars. They have no qualms about it and they would much rather take your money and apologize for mistrust than have to actually, you know, step forward across that line and say, hey, you know, we, we understand that a lot of other companies are looking to increase their costs. We understand that that is not always something feasible for the long term this is the one game that they're releasing they want to have a good impression right out the gate what better way to just say hey we're keeping it at $60 it's what you're accustomed to we've we've kind of priced our budget and our and our uh you know development around that cost so if we can charge 60 we'll charge 60 we're not going to try and uh eke another $10 out of you because chances are in 
you know, a year, maybe a year and a half, we'll get another DLC and that DLC may be $20. So if they're going to charge for expansions, better to save us, uh, you know, the, the 10 bucks now and let us spend that if we feel it's worth it on the expansion in the future. Right. And again, the, the value of creating good products means that you're going to tell your friends about it. You're going to, if it comes out on a different system with some sort of upgrade five, 10 years from now, you may purchase it again with new upgrades uh, because you love it so much. You're going to talk about it. You're going to listen to podcasts about it. You're going to check out, you know, YouTube feeds about it. You're going to constantly be telling your friends about it. You're going to be streaming it online when you play games online. Everybody's going to know about it. So it just turns it like it's a good marketing decision to just focus on product quality and consumer trust and then let everything else just happen the way it should. It's it's it works for the long game. Um, now, this connects to our final story, which is about news about microtransactions. And this one has had some people up in arms this last week. Microtransactions have been confirmed for Cyberpunk 2077. And before you start throwing things at your speakers, you know, at us and saying, wait a minute, I thought they were the good guys. Hold on a second. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Put put your shoes down, whatever you're planning to throw. I'm not George Bush. Um, that's a callback to George Bush getting a th- shoe thrown at him. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> so hold on a second. So they've confirmed that microtransactions are not for the single player portion of the game. So you don't have to worry about being nickeled and dimed while playing through the potentially 300 hours of this game where they will be trying to sell you things for like, oh, cool new jacket for V or you know, buy this car so you don't actually have to get it in the game. You're not going to get any of that stuff. That's not what they're doing. What they are doing is when they release the multiplayer version of the game, which has still we still don't know a whole lot of information about they will be having what they are calling reasonable microtransactions around that version of the game. And to my mind, this is actually positive because it allows them to keep funding the project, to keep developing and building on whatever multiplayer version of the game they put out there. And as a consumer, if I am given the option to buy something in game that I think is worth the cost, and it's and it saves me time in the game or whatever, and I want to spend the $2, $5, $10 on it, then I, I want that option. You know, I'm not always going to take it. Like, there's definitely lots of games I play where they have microtransactions, and I go, yeah, that's that's not worth that much money. I'm never going to buy that. But if they give me things that are reasonably priced that are appealing, then yes, I want the option to buy it. That sounds good to me. And as a consumer, if I like the product and I like the person creating the product, then I want to be able to give back in order to ensure that my dollars are voting for more of the thing I'm spending my money on. That's how capitalism works. So in my mind, this is actually good news. What do you think, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. I, let me, I don't, I don't know if I can reach my soapbox. <laughs> I, I don't have one. No. You have a soapbox in your room? All right. Oh, I got a soapbox. I got a, I was going to get on my soapbox. I'll, I'll have to keep it, keep it a little light this week. But uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. The thing that I wanted to to really come out and say is CD Projekt Red has already promised us uh, that they're going to do two expansions for this game. They're going to do a multiplayer for this game. They're financing uh, an anime that's coming out in two years post launch as well. They've already released um, uh, comics for it as well as art books. They are doing this all on the backbone of Witcher 3. And 
probably the government but if not for <laughs> yes. gog not not the U- yeah. united states government <laughs> <laughs> not yeah no not our government our government wouldn't wouldn't really uh, I, i'm it's not going to polish that. government right it's the, polish i think so i want to say polish i believe it's government. polish that's what pops in my head if so, yeah yeah so it, they are doing this with uh government yes. resources from their from their country's government they're doing this off the back of gog and off the back of witcher 3 which means that a 5 year old game has helped fund this game that everyone is excited for and they have not put as far as i don't know if witcher 3 has any microtransactions in it i can't remember no. ever hearing about it or seeing anything so. in it mm-hmm. yeah it's it wasn't as big of a thing back in 2015 i don't think um so the at least fact not that with they're like role-playing this, games not with the no no yeah. no no definitely not no but the fact that they said no microtransactions for the single player game uh, I'm great. I'm happy with that because that means that anyone can pick up the $60 game or, you know, pick it up for $10 in five years and be able to enjoy that experience without having a flood of microtransactions hit them in the face. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I, I am curious about, and this is kind of the, the issue that people have had with this, is they've talked about how the multiplayer experience is going to be a separate project. Now, is is that is that a separate project is in that's going to be a free download like Warzone that you can get without having to purchase Call of Duty to be able to play the the BR mode or is that going to be like a separate project like hey there's a different team that's working on this you still have to pay $60 to get the multiplayer part of it cuz yeah my my assumption on that can I chime in cuz i my yeah, assumption yeah, yeah. is that it, it it it's going to be something like Red Dead Online or GTA Online Mm-hmm. where uh, initially, if you bought the, the single-player game, you have access to the multiplayer game, and you can go do that. And I would be very surprised if it's not something like, you know, go around the city, do these quests, but interact with other players while you do them. You know, fight with them if you want, or cooperate with them to, you know, achieve this mission. Or, you know, I would assume it's something like that. And then, who knows, maybe there's a free version of that that gets put out where that's very limited, where you can actually individually buy pieces in order to expand your your playing if you didn't buy the full single player version that would also be consumerly consumer favorable because some people may not want to play the single ver- player version of the game but they do want to play the multi version of the game, player of the game so give them the option yeah. to do so sure why not and then if they play it enough maybe they'll like the single player version and they'll they'll buy that as as a thing and go play it too um that's my assumption but i don't know yeah and for me, the the idea of microtransactions does not does not make me sick to my stomach. I, I spend lots of my money on microtransactions because I see the cosmetic value behind them. And as long as the company is being upfront and honest about what I'm getting and it's not hidden by some sort of, you know, ephemeral loot box that ensures that there's a chance that I might get something, then right. I'm I'm a lot more I'm a lot more uh, kind of okay with the concept of it. You know, it doesn't bug me as much. So, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. If the multiplayer has microtransactions and that helps support the servers, which helps keep the community around it alive, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a situation where the game dies because no one's able to play with each other because they had to move on to different projects, and this helps get me the next project from CDPR. Then, yeah, I'm totally fine with it because i have complete control 
over how much I spend in the multiplayer. If I don't want to spend any money, I don't have to spend any money. But if the option is right. there and I like what I'm getting, then why not? If the price is right and I'm okay with it, then I can manage myself. I know that's an issue for, for some people. And that's why it's good to talk about this now, because at least they go into this knowing like it'll be a, a thing in the future. We don't know when because they have already guaranteed two expansions. So who, who knows like when the multiplayer is going to be coming? Is it going to come before the first expansion or after the first expansion or after the second? Ex like who knows yeah, how long knows? this is going to go? And at that point, you just kind of have to take it on the chin and be like, all right, I don't have to engage with it if I don't want to. But at least it's an option. And I'd much rather have options than none. I agree. And I'm I'm of the same mind on that. And Here's the other thing. This game isn't uh, Roblox or Minecraft. This isn't this isn't aimed at 10 year olds who are going to accidentally spend mon money on their mom's <laughs> credit card. Right. This this is a very adult game. And yes, that's going to gain the interest of teenagers because teenagers always want to be doing the things that the adults are doing, because even if they're too young, you know, even if they're 13 and really shouldn't be doing it, there's a big difference between an 18 year old and a 13 year old. Um, but this is this is aimed at adults adults who if you have the money to be playing to afford a console or a pc and video games means that you're probably gainfully employed and if you're gainfully employed you're an adult you should be able to manage your money and buy things if you want them and not if you don't want them and that's fine and let's yeah. let's all be good consumers and use our dollars to vote for the things that we want and if things are overpriced don't buy them because they won't they won't sell and then they'll have to do something else so that's uh, you're loving the sweet banners. Welcome to the show, Des the Destiny Show. Uh, one of our uh, co, one of our hosts from one of the other shows on the network just popped in, uh, Cornholio Hello. from the Destiny Show. How's it going? Uh, sibling shows in in the room. So that's the news. I would love to hear your thoughts on some of this stuff, even if you disagree with us, especially if you disagree with us, because we are two individual, limited human beings. And if you have a good argument for why some of this might actually be a bad idea, I would love to hear it. I would love to be proven wrong through good arguments and data. And if you can do that, maybe you'll sway our opinions. Um, then again, if you agree with us and you've got more reasons to back us up, I'd love to hear that as well. So uh, jump in the Discord, Robots Radio Discord. You can search it online or just look in the show notes for a link. And there's there's a uh, cyberpunk cyberpunk. I always mess that up, don't I? Uh, cyber, <laughs> cyber, <laughs> cyberpunk Lorecast channel in the Discord. You can jump in and you can have conversations with us about that. All right. Let's move into the middle of the show because we've got to talk about our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. So that wailing guitar means it's time for the middle of the show. 
Got to follow the theme with the musical <laughs> call-outs. Um, so thank you to our sponsors, including our patrons. You guys are amazing. I don't have any new patrons this last week to call out, but if you would like to support the show, then check the links in the show notes for the Patreon link, patreon.com slash cyberpunklorecast. And you can jump in for as little as $3 an episode, get free, or not free, but ad-free episodes of the show and potentially other stuff in the future and it also helps make sure that we can keep doing this show and bringing you good content every week also this show is sponsored by the sponsors of the robots radio network which include companies like loot crate gamefly green man gaming and nordvpn and if any of those companies sound appealing to you like getting loot boxes from loot crate with a bunch of cool items in them buying games online from uh, Gamefly or Green Man Gaming, doing getting rentals through Gamefly, or protecting your inter internet with NordVPN, and then go check out the links because we have a whole bunch of different deals you can get for each of those companies, and anything you purchase through them will help support the show as well. So one of them I'll call out in the episode right now if you want to protect your internet, which you should be doing if you don't want to end up in the dark future of cyberpunk, uh, NordVPN has a special deal through us where you can save 68% purchasing a VPN through them, which means that you will protect your internet usage and you'll be more anonymous online. And it's not just one of those free ones where you don't know who's collecting your data when you use it. So go check that out in the links for the show notes. All right, Logan, I am excited to get into lore. Let's move into that section of the show. So this week, we are diving into gangs and city locations. And while you start talking about this, I'm going to put up on the screen a image, an image of the map of Night City that we have for Cyberpunk 2077. And this is pre-Logan's editions of the logos for the different gangs in the city. And just as a reminder to our listeners, I want to name out the different sections of the city and kind of give you a visual rep uh, an auditory representation of what you would be seeing visually on the stream. This is another good reason to jump in the stream live or watch on YouTube. So the top section of the city is called Watson. The western side of the city is called Westbrook. And there's each of these sections of the cities have have subsections in them. Then there's city center in the middle, Haywood, which is just south of city center. Um, south of Westbrook and Haywood at the bottom right side of the map, so the southwest uh, side, is Santo Domingo. And at the very bottom, you have Pacifica, which is kind of the outskirts of Night City down here on the, on the southern side. And I'm going to swap this out. Go ahead and start uh, introducing your topic yeah. while I swap this out. So the, the idea that we're getting the Night City wire is going to focus around some of the gangs. So uh, because of that, I wanted to feel like I was a little more familiar with the gangs that we're going to be dealing with in Cyberpunk so that when I, I get to sit down and listen to the Night City wire, I've already got a little bit of background in my brain about where these gangs are going to be representative and and what they kind of hold true to their to their, as far as their oh, size said, and where they're I said they're southwest, hanging. southeast, Santo Domingo, southeast. My bad. I got that backwards. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So so, so um, 
I wanted to dive in and talk about some of the gangs that we've actually seen in some of the videos. So if the folks uh, listening to this have actually seen some of the Night City wires that we've had, um, you've probably seen a few of these gangs already. Uh, you've seen the Maelstrom gang, the Mox. Uh, we've seen the, um, well, we've seen some of the Valentinos most recently um, and some of the, the Voodoo Boys and Animals. So the, the two that we haven't really seen too much are the Tiger Claws and the Sixth Street. Now, with the map that that I kind of put together, uh, this is the the artwork and stuff is courtesy of of uh, CDPR, the art book. Um, the art book actually has the different sections and as big pages. And I just kind of went in, grabbed all of the pages and then kind of pasted them all together to try and get a good overview of what the different districts look like. So um, starting at the top of the the map, we've got the uh, Northside Industrial District and the Arasaka Waterfront uh, kind of combining together to form Watson. And around Watson, you've also got uh, to the south of uh, south south of it, um, probably closer towards city central. You've got Little China and Kabuki. So up towards the top where the industrial district is, that's where you're going to find a lot of the Maelstrom gang. And the Maelstrom gang is roughly around 1300 in number. Uh, and they typically kind of stick towards the top portion of there. Um, the reason for that is because a lot of their activity, their main revenue stream actually comes from smuggling illegal meds, drugs, and uh, something called trifets, which I haven't really seen too much. So a lot of what they do is they use the the industrial district uh, rundown buildings to try and hold a lot of their their goods uh, uh, for for black market sales and stuff like that. These are the the guys that have. Um, well, I don't want to specify it just to guys. It could be anything, uh, but these are the, the mostly ones that, Borgs. <laughs> yeah, mostly <laughs> Borgs. <laughs> who knows what they identify as but they do they do identify as maelstrom and they're the ones that have the kind of really really specific kind of red eyes uh for the ocular implants in their in their face that kind of set them apart and and the whole main goal of this uh this gang is is to find like-minded members who feel that flesh is weak you know they want to they want to augment their bodies as much as possible and they really don't um they really don't go in for the the uh, the aesthetic of real flesh. So if you're not familiar with CD uh, Cyberpunk, um, there is a company that manufactures synthetic flesh and the synthetic flesh is what generally goes over uh, any kind of augment that you have. So if you have an arm, but it's actually a, a mantis blade uh, or a rocket launcher, and you had real flesh, which is a, a, a copyrighted term for the, the type of yeah. trade that it is. Um, it's what's going to make your arm look natural in the Maelstrom gang. Try to stray away from that as much as possible. They are very much of the metal aesthetic. And uh, they're probably one of my favorite gangs that that are kind of out there just because of how hardcore into the Borg world they are. So metal. I was kind of wondering. Yeah, it's it's. And there, even the Maelstrom logo kind of looks like a you know a really scary spider with a skull with the red optical eye, and their their logo has a, a you know f kind of faint metal uh, Metallica font style look to it. So I just <laughs> I 
I really love them. Um, so as you kind of travel south through the Watson district, you're going to run into Little China and Kabuki, uh, which are kind of butted up next to the the Japantown. Um, so in Kabuki, that's kind of where we've seen a lot of uh, the mocks, uh, which are named after Moxie. And that is a group of uh, or a gang of, of sex workers and um, people that have been kind of on that that side of uh, just dealing with the fact that they are using their body for for income. Um, so the Mox gang itself is probably one of the smallest gangs, but one of the ones that has been marketed through CDPR as as a big part of our story so far. Um, they're only about 200 to 250 members and they generally stick around uh, Lizzie's bar. And now, that's I, kind of oh, go ahead. I have some I have some speculation on this. We we see a bar setting in some of the trailer stuff that they've revealed with what appear to be moxes at the, yeah. at the front of the bar or inside the bar. Um, and we know that all of the material that we've seen so far comes from the first, what, four or five hours of the game. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that, that seems to be what the messaging has been around that. So maybe the Moxes are one of the gangs that you associate with or need to cooperate with or whatever earlier in the storyline, which leads them to being not as powerful or at least for storytelling reasons, right? They're, they're, you're not all integrating with one of the more powerful groups right at the beginning. You're, these are kind of a smaller up and coming gang who may not be as influential, but need your help or something like that. So it may fit, yeah. fit into the story is kind of my theory on that. Yeah. And, and I get the impression, too, that a lot of the stuff that we've seen with like brain dance revolves a lot around like Lizzie's bar and hanging around different bars to to kind of employ some of the mocks to help facilitate that that uh, brain dance kind of uh, escapism through through entertainment, through whatever means you want, whether it's entertainment, you know, pleasure, yeah. yeah, pleasurable entertainment through or through painful entertainment. Means. So one of the things Whatever, in the art book yeah. are the, the ads. The ads in the art book are so good. I'm sure they're going to show up in the game. There's one that I noticed today where like, it's like, I think it's a brain dance, but the, the concept of the brain dance is that your body turns against you or something seems to be the, mm -hmm. the concept here. And the guy's like holding his own arm from trying to stab himself in the face. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Like your body's against you. It's, it's right. great. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Like um, that's, so, I, yeah, that's the brain dance I want. My body's against me. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how often do people love going to go see uh, horror movies? You know, yeah. we like that adrenaline rush. We like to be scared and having a brain dance where you're uh, not in control of your body is definitely a good way to, to try and represent that without having to physically put yourself in harm. Yeah, and have PTSD so. the rest of your life. Yeah, that's that's not a fun thing. That's <laughs> no. that's a sad sad panda right there. Um, Sorry, so no, uh, I just needed to, you know. Oh, no worries. Respond with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things that was interesting about this is that the, the Moxes uh, do kind of hold Lizzie's bar as like their headquarters. Um, and we see in some of the videos that the, the Moxes at the front door, they look like they might be street workers. Uh, but in fact, they're they're actually kind of like the guards. You know, they're there kind mm -hmm. of standing post. And, and a lot of the Moxes tend to use um, body augments that make their body look plastique, uh, like, a, like a doll kind of thing. And the reason for that is not because of how they want their body to look but because that's an indication that their 
body has reinforcement and they're ready for a fight. So if you see a mox and she looks like she she's got like this plastic kind of skin, it's not that she's uh, trying to be a, a sex worker. It's actually she's trying or look to like be a, a bodyguard or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that is not the intent. The intent is that her body is is reinforced and can handle a beating. So my body is ready can. to kick your body's ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really cool because it was not what I was anticipating when I initially saw it. I, I had that 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 mindset in my mind. I was like, oh, OK, I kind of understand what's going on here, but totally not that. And I, I actually really love the fact that it's not. Um, all around kind of on the southeast and southwest we're we're we've kind of liz's bar lizzie's bar is kind of in the center of um the the asian area for a lot of night city so it's in the dead center where kabuki is in the watson district you've got little china off to the southwest and you've got japantown off to the southeast which is part of actually westbrook in that area that's where you're going to find a lot of the the kind of asian aesthetic kind of think 20 2049 um for for blade runner you know where you have that that confluence of Asian and American aesthetic where there's a lot of signs in, in kanji and katakana, uh, this is where you're going to run into the tiger claw. And this is kind of the what I would assume is is more of like the triad um, uh, uh, or, or I'm trying to think of some of the other gangs in, in Japan that are kind of infamous, uh, but they you've got that. The, yeah, thank you. I couldn't get that name for some reason. Yeah, but yeah that's fine. the Yakuza um, are kind of the cyberpunk uh version uh the tiger claw is kind of the yakuza uh, of 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 japantown of uh the city center and part of little china which kind of lends itself to to if you were looking at the map and i and i definitely recommend folks jump onto the onto the vada this if you're missing it check it out because there is a a clear line between city center and corpo plaza where our arasaka tower is and the arasaka waterfront uh from south to north there's a clear line and it's and it's very apparent that the tiger claw are in that area to try and um, kind of be present if anything comes over to Arasaka waterfront and tries to make its way. So if important people were to come to uh, Arasaka Tower, it seems clear that the Tiger Claw want to have a foothold in that area. They want that kind of area to themselves. And this was a really this was one of the bigger gangs out there. So the, the Tiger Claw is actually about fifty five hundred people big. Wow. And they generally, yeah, it, it, compared to the 250 for the mocks, it, it's insane. It's it's bigger than the Maelstrom gang. It's bigger uh, than the animals. It's bigger than Sixth Street. It's bigger than um, the the scavengers and the, the voodoo boys is hard to know, but they are one of the biggest gangs out there. Uh, in fact, I think the other one that's that's close to it is the Valentinos, which I want to uh, dive into next. But if you love um, Akira or Ghost in the Shell or any of the the Jap Japan influence or Asian influence for gangs, the Tiger Claw are the ones that you're going to want to hang out with. And those mm -hmm. are going to be on the north side of uh, city center. Yeah. And um, there's probably. there's an image in the books of and we talked about motorcycles on a recent episode and how badass Ooh. it would be to have a motorcycle. There's an image of a guy on a, uh, on a bike kind of leaning to the side. I believe there's a sword in his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It looks it looks very anime like this is a badass biker gang kind of thing yeah 
it, it looks awesome. And a lot of the uh, the mods that you see on some of the artwork in the actual art book show a lot of the Tiger Claw clan with the full body tattoo augment. So it still looks like very, very much like the, uh, the, the samurai. And even some of them have their whole jaw replaced with not a mask that reflects like a samurai mask, but their face is actually in that design. So they actually had their whole lower lower half of their face uh, converted into a mod that looks like a kabuki mask it's uh absolutely insane looks awesome yeah um we've kind of hit city center and one of the things that i noticed uh when i was kind of looking at where the gangs are located versus uh where where kind of the the main corpo and uh military areas are is um that they kind of stay away from city center and corpo plaza so city center and corpo plaza smack dab in the middle very very prominent it lets you know like hey this is where business gets done and if that's that's what you're into, cool, because that's yeah. where you're going to start out. Bring your business um, socks. <laughs> this is where you need <laughs> You got you got your briefcase and your business socks. Good, good. So <laughs> you can come in. So the the just south of uh, Corpo Plaza is the district of Haywood. And this is kind of where we were talking a couple episodes back with uh, Padre and the Valentinos. And we saw a couple of the the actual um, the the actual areas out there where you see people with very Latino uh, based aesthetics. Uh, you've got a lot of religious artifacts. You've got a lot of um, Mexican culture built into the Valentinos and the Valentinos is actually Actually, what we're going to say is probably the second biggest guild, if not the biggest guild. So Tiger Claw, we're looking at about 5,500 members. Valentino's roughly about six grand. You're looking hey. at about 6,000 people. Hey, Logan, what do you, how mm. do you feel about this sexy Virgin Mary imagery? Oh, <laughs> have you yeah. noticed this? I did. Yeah. yeah. When, when looking through the art book, you've got uh -huh. the, uh, the uh, Holy Rose. Yeah, yes. I, I was not prepared for that when I was yeah. swiping through and I was like, all right, what are all the little gang symbols? Because each gang has uh -huh. like their icon. And I was like, oh, these are all really cool. And then I get to the Valentinos and I see the the half naked Virgin Mary. And I was I like, mean, it's almost completely uh, naked, like, you know, tits out, yeah. crotch out, like just like a, I don't know, the thing around. What is it like the straps that go down to like the. The pantyhose, the garter belt, the garter belt, and then yeah, the thing around the yep. stomach. But everything else is hanging out, and then like the yep. the habit, like the hat. Yep. Right. The hat. And that was. Just, but otherwise, just like out there for the world. Here you go. Yep. And guns blazing too. She is. Guns, she's guns, no. Yeah. All all guns. Yep. All of her guns are blazing. Yeah, we could say yeah. that. Yeah. But that, but I mean, I, you know, growing up in, in, uh, in, in Mexican areas as a kid, like I saw this kind of you know, tattoo work done on a lot of stuff. You know, see, I, I've, I've grown up with this. It's something I'm very used to. So for me, when I saw this, I was surprised that like cyberpunk actually embraced it. They were like, yeah, this is, this is what Mexican culture has for their iconography. And it, and it, and it makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, no, I remember growing up and seeing that everywhere. That was, that was not a foreign concept to me. It's a very, uh, Catholic religion, uh, that, that mm -hmm. a lot of Mexican culture kind of hangs on to. And, and, it just in you know 2077 this is what it's evolved to and yeah it's an I evolution like, yeah yeah so i i thought it was i for one it, it's really well done it was it was surprising to say the least but if you're a gang like 
that's a good way to surprise people. That's a good way to oh, kind yeah. of be like, hey, you, this is going to make you feel uncomfortable if you're not used to this. And that's how you should feel when thinking about the Valentino gang. Right. So I actually I actually thought it was really amazing. So, yeah, we're, we're talking 6K member of uh, encompassing Haywood, which is Haywood's got a couple smaller uh, communities. They've got the Vista Del Rey, the Glen and the Wellsprings that they're kind of uh, uh, kind of controlling that's on the south side of uh, Corpo and city center, whereas uh, Tiger Claw is going to be north side. So that and this was an interesting thing. So um, I, I feel like Haywood and Santo Domingo, which are two districts that kind of butt up next to each other on the south. Uh, east side of, of Night City um, feel very much like America. Uh, if you if you're able to take a look at the map in the VOD, you'll you'll definitely understand what I mean when I talk about how Santo Domingo next to Haywood, south southeast of Haywood, is the territory of the Sixth Street, and this this gang is interesting because i don't know that they would consider themselves a gang i think they would actually consider themselves more of a militia hmm. because everything about them is murka everything about them is stars and yeah. stripes nationalists they've got you know ex-military they've got um a lot of people that are using American iconography, you know, flags, eagles, things like that to help represent their gang. But they are technically a gang. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing that I that I found out about them is uh, with their um, skull kind of gang symbol, there's a dark dash under the or I guess it would be the right eye under their right eye. And in all of the artwork, if you look at every every member of the Sixth Street gang, they uh, have this dark dash underneath their right eye. And I really was trying to think about like where I had seen that in the past. And the only time I had ever seen it in the past is uh, in military when they used it to kind of keep down the shine off of their cheekbone for when mm -hmm. they're looking out into the sun and uh, in, in kind of like, uh, like football players. sports. Yeah, like yeah. sports players tend to tend to wear dark stri or dark stripes on their uh, on just below their eyes, and I was really surprised by how much CDPR is leaning into this. Um, and, and, and Chef in chat says it very very eloquently. It's the Hell's Angels guys. It's the evolution of the American gang. So mm -hmm. if you if you love traditional American uh, motorcycle gangs, the Sixth Street are going to be your closest gang that you can kind of fall in with uh, to kind of represent that aesthetic. Yeah, this gang itself, surprisingly, is actually one of the smaller ones. Um, the Maelstrom, thirteen hundred members. Uh, the the Sixth Street gang, uh, twenty three hundred. So not not anywhere. It's half of what we would consider the Valentinos at this point. So um, that was kind of an interesting thing to see kind of show up. I was not expecting a militant group uh, as a, a type of gang when when I was kind of digging through this. And when I found out, I was like, this is this is kind of some of the things that I'm personally fearing right now in, in our current state, you know, in 2020, oh, sure. sure, seeing militant groups out there like I, I thought about that when I saw this group and I was like, man, this is this is plausible. Like this is not too far fetched when when looking at yeah. it. Yeah. How did yeah. you feel? Um, I, I agree. Militant groups are are a problem um, for sure. 
the majority of the domestic terrorism that we have had in the United States is due to American extremists um, when it comes to those kinds of things. I mean, you just look at like the Unabomber or, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. any number of these people that you can go back to. Um, the idea of a militia for the protection of the people is very constitutionally supported and can be a good thing to protect our communities, to keep us safe and to do things in a way that protects us from abuses of the government. But when taken to an extreme becomes a very dangerous mindset based around conspiracy and things like racism and uh, these extremist ideas. And that becomes a very dangerous path to fall down. Um, It also becomes a place that people tend to go when they're desperate. And I think that's gangs in general. Uh, the affiliation with a gang usually has to do with finding that you feel you're stuck and out of other options, out of other choices. So you're willing to do the extreme thing in order to just get along with your life or fight for the things you think are, are worth fighting for, even if it means doing it in a way that is illegal or wrong, ultimately. So th- this was one where I wanted to kind of take a pause at because this is something where because uh, America is such a large market for gaming and because of the atmosphere that we're dealing with right now in this game coming out in November, uh, I wanted to kind of take a moment to kind of talk about um, what CDPR has kind of set as the the source of income for the Sixth Street Gang. Because uh, if you read the description in the art book, it says Sixth Street Games activities include robbery, extortion and gun smuggling. Uh, The group has extensive connections with nomad groups outside of Night City. The gang also steals and modifies cars. Sixth Street have uh, talented techies and runs many garages and workshops around the city. They offer their services as a combat taxi for hire, which has made them especially popular among edge runners and mercenaries. And despite their criminal activity, the gang is mostly tolerated by corporations and police forces, unless gang members cause trouble outside of their established turf military oriented corporations have another uh customer for their high-end products and the ncpd's job is made easier by the uh ersatz law that sixth street maintain in their neighborhood so this is one of those situations that because this is uh, an unsanctioned gang um the reason they get away with a lot of what they do is kind of under that guise that they are protecting their community as a as kind of like a a militant group in place of of corporate uh help with the with law enforcement Uh or just law enforcement oh sorry did it break up am i good you're back. Okay. It, it's the stream jumped. Okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it was really interesting that this was something where corporations and the the police department are actually tolerant of this group, and it makes me wonder uh, what the police group looks like if you were to inspect over a broad spectrum um, class and race, and what makes up the police department because that's something oh, yeah. that. Well, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's a real world yeah. corollary, right? Is that the police, if if the militia is ideologically in line with the police of the area, they're way less likely to be prosecuted, brought to justice, uh, you know, have <laughs> the thumb of the law is less likely to squish them down and more likely to tolerate them because they're seen as just part of the community. Um, if the militia is of a different ideology, they're more likely to be pushed down. This is one of the things that we're dealing with in the United States in many different locations. Um, it's 
And so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. This game and cyberpunk in general is an extrapolation of the real world taking to these extremes. So, yeah, this could very well be what's going on. This is right one there. of those situations where I'm interested to hear from the listeners on this this situation because uh, being that this game is probably going to be one of the contenders for game of the year, it's going to have to come across to people where they're going to run into the Sixth Street gang and they're going to have to look hard and long at what it does in the game versus what they're what people are dealing with in real life. We had the same exact situation with um, how heavy of a game uh, something like The Last of Us Two was for people when they were playing through it during a time where there were constantly riots and just having to have that emotional weight when playing through a game and being confronted with a gang that is uh, representative of an American militia in quote unquote support of their community, but is tolerated by corporations and police. I really am interested to hear how people approach this, what they think of it, and if it maybe opens their eyes to some of the things that are systemically wrong in our own country. But that's, that's just kind of me reaching out to hear people's opinions on this because i'm really interested to hear how people feel about it um yeah. but we didn't even get through all the gangs so there's one more that i wanted yeah, to touch let's on keep going i touched a little bit on uh my favorite and and i think these guys are going to be my favorite um i think it was in the pro pre-show actually but the voodoo boys are down in pacifica and this is the most southern region this is kind of the coastal region where they they did a lot of development to try and give you that uh floridian um idea of of, of home life where you have the beach you got your house everything's kind of awesome yeah it's gonna feel it's like cozy. home to me it's gonna be good you'll you'll probably like it down there for sure yeah um and yeah i i think this this these guys are the guys that i'm going to fall in line with the most um they were originally uh largely part uh, 50 or 50 years earlier to 77 uh, they were largely a group of white creole uh, gang members that are were predominantly kind of just taking on uh, the the uh, they were appropriating the culture of uh, Jamaicans and since then uh, a lot of the the uh, a lot of the black uh, members of Night City have reappropriated the voodoo boys and are now some of the best net runners and hackers in night city and that's the thing that i'm latching on to mm -hmm. right there is is they and they've got are, cool accents they do they have really cool accents and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that dexter deshaun is part of them because i i like him but i really uh -huh. don't like the fact that he shoots me in the face but at the same yeah. time i also want to be his yeah. buddy it's so, kind of a bummer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hard thing to get over uh, getting shot in the head. Um, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Voodoo Boys because they they sound and look awesome. Uh, I love the idea of them being the net runners. Uh, and I love the idea of them being down by the beach because I'm a huge fan of piracy and pirating and all that good <laughs> stuff. Not piracy in the sense of, you know <laughs> what I mean? Stealing software. Yeah, yeah. Not stealing you. software, but they're stealing <laughs> software. So I don't know. Maybe, well, yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. I got my own issues. I got to work on <laughs> so, so i'm so i'm so uh down for those guys but the the voodoo boys the interesting thing about these guys is they're they're down in pacifica not really not really close to to the city center so not many people really mess with them the thing that's cool about them is that nobody really knows how many there are because so much of what they do is done on the net so mm. they can be just about anywhere and you probably wouldn't know and I kind of like that. I think that's really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I, I also like, 
I like not knowing things. I like um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I like <laughs> when not everything is revealed. Like the best part of, say, a new TV show that turns into a classic TV show is like the first season when there's so much you don't know about what's going on and everything yeah. is a new discovery. I love that. Um, and even though we know the numbers and some things like um, there's tons of details we don't know yet. We haven't played through the game. But that idea of like, who knows? Who knows how many there are? You know, maybe maybe it's just like a dozen people doing really, really messed up stuff through all their net running because they're so good at it that it seems like there's a thousand people, you know, like who knows? Maybe they've got an army of people who are doing this and it really is a thousand people like we don't know. So that's kind of fun to to discover. Yeah, I, I love the idea that that they are the unknown, that they are the the quantity that can't be uh, uh, quantified, and and it's just something about that just really rings true. You know, it's like the the anonymous kind of idea of you know who knows who they are, where they are, you know, hack the planet. Um, <laughs> the the last thing I wanted to dive into was the the uh, last gang that is very similar to the Voodoo Boys. Um, they are down in Pacifica, down by the coast as where they tend to kind of hang out, but that's the animals gang. And if you go into Night City and you want to be a solo, and you want to be a big beefy boy or a big beefy girl <laughs> or a big beefy they then the animals is the gang that are going to help you get that um they're the ones that have the body augmentations the big we're muscles gonna beef you up you up we're gonna beef you up that's their slogan Pretty much. I, and I and I love these guys because they're the bodybuilders. They're the ones that are at the gym. Uh, they're the ones that are getting into fights. Um, but they can't scratch their own backs. Their muscles are too big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, have to, they have to rub up against trees. They, they understand <laughs> the bare necessities. That's why they're so, the animals. <laughs> yeah. They are the animals. Yeah. Um, the kind of a cool thing about them is, is uh, one of the, the main uh, cyberware that they really kind of invest in are pain editors, which if, if you're an animal, animal and you're all about that solo fighting style and you you just want to be a big big person that just kind of walks around and, and uses their weight to their advantage uh having pain editors is is a really cool idea like not having to feel anything and be this kind of mm -hmm. rage induced beast like you you could have that in this game and i kind of love that idea um but a lot of their income is based around uh putting themselves out for fights and also as bodyguards so if if you're looking for uh yeah if, if you want to hulk out mothman ranger says in chat if you want to hulk out the animals are the gang you want to dive into yeah and Man, that makes me I, that I, makes me want to do like a wolverine build who can't feel pain like Ooh. that would be a like th that's the thing about Wolverine, right? Like he yeah. heals, but he feels every freaking bullet. Like it still yeah. hurts, right? And he's like every time he gets hit or stabbed, he's like, oh, and then he heals and he's like, I'm even more angry, right? But like imagine <laughs> if you didn't feel the pain and you could just keep going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I love that concept. There's a uh, the um, what is it Rhino? I think in the Spider-Man comics, is very similar. Like he is just a, a beast, and he keeps going. and And there is a there is that fantasy out there of of people who've been reading comics who love the idea of just being a big brute and not feeling anything and just being able to smash whatever you want. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a really cool. So yeah, Speaking Night City of, animals uh, not being able to feel anything. Do you think pandas can feel pain? 
I've I've been so, side note. I've I've been contemplating okay. this. My side story. My wife in the evenings while we play Heroes of the Storm, which we often do in the evenings, um, because she really loves the game and I like to spend time with her. Will uh, on her second screen while things are loading be watching like cute animal videos. So she's been watching like um, uh, there's a little baby otter in a zoo somewhere oh, yeah. in Asia or something. The little baby otter videos and they're taking good care of it and trying to introduce it back into its environment. Super cute little baby otter, right? The, the, the latest videos she's been watching are these pandas. There's a zoo that has cameras on this group of pandas, like four pandas all the time. And they, they're ridiculous. They climb up trees backwards, upside down and hang off of things. Just trying to reach like one little, one little leaf. The amount of energy it takes to reach the leaf is probably doesn't make up for the amount of energy they'll get from eating the leaf. These things are, but they're like roly poly. They're made of Gumby or something. It's like, do they even feel pain? Probably not. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. If, if cartoons and video games have taught me anything about the truth of nature, pandas probably don't feel anything. So I don't I'm, think they I have pain it. receptors. They're, they're just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, so yeah, the, the, the night city animals, those are the ones that are going to be a little bit of everywhere. You're going to see them kind of in different districts and everyone just kind of doesn't really mess with them because they understand what their role is and everyone understands what they're, what they're there for. They're there to protect people or to get into fights for money. And that's kind of it. But, um, the reason I left the animals for last is because in, well, for one, they're on the South side of the map and I kind of started from the top but also uh the trauma team comic came out uh on the ninth and i i finished reading the first uh the first comic uh today and the cool thing is is that the trauma team starts off with a story that takes you to pacifica against the animals and the ending to that comic is amazing and if you guys haven't read it you need to go get this and you need to read it because the ending is just like it's a story in and of itself but man i was so i was so shocked when i saw the ending the last the last panel just almost i was just like oh i can't believe they went there i can't believe it went there holy cow and it's a quick read but man it was cool and i want the next episode because i want to know what happens and it was so good but yeah it, it they the trauma team goes up against a group of animals and you see just like in the art book these big brutish animals and they have animalistic features too they kind of look like bears they kind of look like tigers and stuff it's so cool wow but yeah lots of gangs um you we, we i, I kind of posed the idea about ranking them how you how would you how would you rank them or, or if you saw any ones that you'd like i uh, i know you said you weren't I'm too so big into ranking good. but i'm so not good at <laughs> ranking stuff um but are, okay so are ranks? there some that okay, i do so I, I totally like do. okay so wait let's let's talk let's let's define this a little bit are we ranking mm-hmm. towards like our favorite like what we would lean towards or are we ranking totally. towards like just from a, a story side like what's the coolest no, I think whatever, whatever, if you could pick out a gang, top one to go join, mm. and oh, then man. if, and then if they didn't, if they're like, nah, you can't be in here, you're not big enough, you're not, you're not cool enough, you don't have enough uh, audience, or you're not Asian enough, you know, if they, if they said <laughs> no, I don't know, whatever, don't, whatever reason mm, they came up with. I mean, with. gangs, gangs are all pretty messed up in their own ways, right? So as, as, yeah. aside from all the negative qualities of joining a gang, I don't, Tiger Claws are pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I don't blame you. That's pretty cool. It's samurai swords and motorcycles. It's hard to argue. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you're going voodoo boys, right? I'm uh, yeah. So the way I've kind of ranked out mine is mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of the, along the lines of Voodoo Boys, Maelstrom, Tiger Claw, Moxie, and then uh, either Valentino's or Sixth Street because one of them's into cars, but one of them's also into uh, community and and like that mm-hmm. the 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 Mexican culture and I love the food. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, I would probably go Voodoo Boys and then Maelstrom and then, uh, Tiger Claws is my top three if I could get into any of them, but that's, yeah. that's me. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I think it's probably easier for me to do like the bottom of my list here. I'm, I'm putting this up on the screen and moving it over so people can still mm. see me while I talk about it. Um, I'm looking at it. Bottom of my list are probably Maelstrom or Sixth Street. I'm not into the super nat- nationalist thing that just doesn't resonate with me um yeah also augmenting your entire body until the point where you just go full borg and, and lose a sense of yourself <sighs> is not super appealing no 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 I, oh. I don't like so i have this is another <laughs> one of those like uh into the mind of robots kind of things like i have an inherent need to feel in control of myself so like i don't like getting drunk i don't like i don't like not being able to you know being on medication where i just feel out of it um Mm -hmm. like my mind rebels against that like just inherently it's just like no i need to be me and i need to be okay with being me i need to be in control um i don't know why that is i don't have like a like i don't have like a traumatic thing that happened that makes me feel that way i think it's just part of my natural personality um so those two are Mm. probably toward the bottom i like i like the moxes because of the whole like protecting the sex worker thing like sex work can be very controversial but the idea that it's not around exploiting other people is more around protecting people who need to live this lifestyle because they they don't have anything else better because the world is dark and terrible there's something appealing about that that's kind of toward the top uh voodoo boys is probably up there too then uh valentinos and animals are right in the middle um maybe i think you're a tiger claw i think i'm a tiger claw I think you're tired. I think, I think the more you you wanting to be in control, having that that mm-hmm. that control, that is a very like I, it, it feels like having order, uh, very samurai aesthetic, having mm-hmm. set rules and hierarchy, very Japanese aesthetic. You know, that's something a lot of yeah. gangs, you know, there's a there's a there's a leader. They're in control. You follow the leader. That's like, you know, you don't you don't cross the triads or, or the Yakuza. You don't. There's a, a, a feeding chain that kind of goes all the way down. I think you're a tired. Now, now that's assuming sure. that I would I would join a gang like and have to deal with those situations. Like in my own life, I'm like, eh, I don't really want want to be like that anyway but yeah probably <laughs> that probably that maybe the moxes but i don't know if they take me i'm not very sexy um <laughs> i don't know if, yeah that's i don't know that you need to they be they could get you a body they yeah could i give you a whole new what body if they took my head off and put me on a sexy lady body there's someone out there that would pay money for that yeah somebody somebody yeah. into that yeah. someone would yeah. pay money for that i'm not going to yeah. say it's not not plausible mm-hmm. <laughs> could be a thing <laughs> um I don't know that I'd enjoy that or be into that person, but then again, that's might be how I make money. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think, th- I think that's kind of my rough ranking if I had to just kind of throw stuff out there. Um, that was, that was really, really good. I, I wonder how much more we're going to find out about this stuff come, uh, the new wire, uh, night city wire that comes out later this week. Um, so and I wonder excited. how much of this stuff will actually be reiterated and they just need to hire you to do it for them. And if we basically <laughs> did their episode for them, 
<laughs> it would be great if they're like, so we were listening to the cyberpunk lore cast and we <laughs> didn't anticipate. Yeah, Minus the panda conversation on. and Tom's head on a sexy lady body. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Night City Wire. I think they're going to they're going to have some good information. The thing I'm really looking forward to, though, is the footage because there's a or footage footage. There's a lot of uh, stuff that we've seen. Yeah, we, we, we've seen a lot of art in the, in the books online and stuff like that. But I want to see these these people in action. You know, I want to see the environments. You know, what is what does it look like to be down in, in Pacifica like that? That area in, in the game itself. You know, we've mm -hmm. only gotten like a couple glimpses on it and I want more of that. So yeah. I hope they do. And what my new dive. 3080 3080 graphics card is going to look like with all the cool. Oh, lighting. yeah. I want more mm -hmm. of that, too. <laughs> You're just like drooling into your microphone. All right. Well, hey, let's let's wrap up the episode with uh, just some of the things that we've been doing. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Anything going on that you want to throw out sea thieves has yeah yeah man oh sea thieves um it's got a brand new update dogs are in the game now uh we've oh got yeah i saw balls. them dancing around on their hind legs yeah, yeah. it's great yeah. they're adorable uh so sea thieves is going strong uh keel hauled podcast to keep you up on all the news um we got a whole bunch of new stuff coming and we we are just living it right now it's it's going to be one of those games that i think is going to look amazing on the next gen consoles and um i'm going to be trying to do a, a shore leave episode which is kind of my podcast within a podcast uh that kind of dives into it is podception the podception will happen soon and i want to dive into some of the uh, the industry news around like xbox and stuff so if you're interested in game news um there's there's that for you as well too so definitely definitely hit me up on uh on the the robots radio discord if you want information about that in the keel halt section cool awesome stuff um let's see what's going on with me uh same old stuff with me doing all the shows uh streaming them all live during the week so monday nights are fallout fallout lorecast night uh tuesday at 5 p.m at the fallout hub twitch channel is the fallout hub show uh wednesday nights are dungeons and dragons night at 9 p.m uh slash 6 p.m um thursday nights are the elder scrolls lore cast and saturday nights of course this show so i've got shows uh many of the days during the week and you guys can tune in for those live whenever you want or you can listen to all of them in your ear holes with your podcatchers uh otherwise uh not too much else um i've been playing fallout 76 a little bit more this last week i've been streaming in the afternoons at twitch.tv slash robots radio, uh, where I've been playing different types of games, uh, mostly Fallout this last week, but I will be swapping into some other games probably this coming week. I'm trying to do that more often. Um, sometimes I'll be streaming after these shows are live and then sometimes in the afternoons. So yeah, come on over, hang out with me, say hi. We've got a fun little community um, and some fun cards. You know what I'm going to do while we wrap this up? I'm going to give away to our listeners some of these card packs to open up Ooh. on stream so that they can hold on or they can play. These. Yeah, they, they can play them now. So uh, just as a thank you for tuning in to the show and being here live there, these card packs are awesome because they can do things like force me to play the game with one hand or uh, they make body buddy bot. Hey, guys, my companion here who plays games with me, take over the game and, and he goes and hunts down people's brains and stuff, you know, like all sorts of fun stuff. Um, or if you collect enough of the legendary cards, you can win things like a Amazon gift card or some other things. So. Lots of fun stuff. So another another reason to come hang out with us live. So I'm going to put this in chat. 
and it didn't actually copy and I need to go back and paste copy and paste it again. Um, and you guys, whoever the first uh, two people are to open these up, will get the free packs as a thank you for being here. And I think that's it for our show. Um, you guys know how to get a hold of us. Follow us on Cyberpunk Lorecast on Twitter. Um, I believe it's Cyberpunk Lore. I always get these wrong. I have so many Twitter accounts because of all these shows. Uh, let me look at it one real quick. I'm an idiot. Um, here we go. It is. I'm on the I'm on my robots radio one. Yeah, Cyberpunk Lore at Cyberpunk Lore on Twitter, or just check the links in the show notes for all the cool stuff on there. And we will see you guys later. Have a good one. Talk to you next week, and stay safe in Night City. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, a smart podcast for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. There's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora. 
and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.